Welcome to the Link Adelaide podcast. My name is Steve Moylan, and today I've got another artist from the 2015 Adelaide Fringe. And I'm joined by Penny Ashton, who is bringing Promise and Promiscuity, a brand new musical, to the 2015 Adelaide Fringe Festival at the Arch at Holden Street Theatres. Uh, Penny, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. That's good. Um, so you've uh, you've been raiding uh, Jane Austen. Yes, that's a good way of putting it. I've been pilfering liberally from her canon. Yes, um, I'm doing a brand new story. Um, so you won't know, well, you might have an inkling of the sort of things that will happen because it is very true to Jane Austen. Um, but I've stolen 33 lines from her uh, all the way through. So I've got lines from all of the books. I think I've got at least like I've got one from Emma and one from Northanger Abbey, quite a few from Sense and Sensibility and Pride and Prejudice. Um, but it has concocted a brand new story um, around similar sort of characters. I don't have a Darcy, but I have a Digby Dalton and, you know, <laughs> Lady um, Lady Drusilla Wrexham and, and things like this. So, yeah, but it is it is a brand new story, but I've definitely stolen the tropes and some of the lines and things like that from the lady herself. And uh, is this a one-woman show, or have you got uh, friends with it you? It is. It is? Okay. No, no, it's just me all by myself. I'd say nine different characters, and the music is all pre-recorded. I'd love to do it with a little orchestra. If anybody wants to produce and fund that, it'd be awesome. But, yes, it's just me with a backing, some backing tracks, which sound fantastic. A friend of mine got together a small orchestra and recorded all the music specifically for the show. Oh, wow. Um, his name's Robbie Ellis. Yeah, and that just makes all the difference, because that's obviously not my skill set, and I was so impressed when he came back with that, and it's called the Incidental stings and all that sort of stuff so it just fills up the play and turns it into a musical which is nice and it's really nice to have that kind of support especially if you are going it alone and needing to kind of cover off three billion characters and yes (laughs) exactly and uh, you're gonna have to fall in love with yourself (laughs) i've never looked at it that way before no i am occupying characters who fall in love with each other um (laughs) and it's quite funny when i'm on stage like i really do feel like each of those people. Like when I talk about it to my technicians, I'm like, and then he comes in and she leaves, and then I'm like, well, which of course is all the. <laughs> don't think about that. But in the grand scheme of the world, yes, I do. I propose to myself, and you know, we'll see what happens when that happens. Look, in any case, you're going to end up happily ever after with yourself. So, you know, happy endings. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, I don't want to give the ending away or anything, but that's a possibility. But it's based on Jane Um So what is it? You've done a few shows already about uh, Jane Austen's work and kind of been inspired mm-hmm. by Jane. Uh, what is it about Jane Austen as a writer that uh, you really, really like? Well, yeah, there was a group of us, actually, we came to Adelaide five years ago and did our improvised Jane Austen musical called Austen Found. And um, and at that time, it was my friend that asked me to come up with a concept for a show for an improv festival in New Zealand. So we came up with this show. We just had so much fun with it and just realised how identifiable the tropes were for people. Even if they don't think they know about Jane Austen, they know that a woman's, you know, over 23 is past it if she's not married. <laughs> they know that it's all about getting married. They know it's about upper-class snobs and, you know, and all this sort of stuff. Um, but also there's a very common thread that runs through everything, which is what we can see with, you know, modern day reworkings of her, like Bridget Jones and stuff, is the search for love and the search for security. You know, everybody is ultimately looking for those two things in life, to be loved and to afford to do what they want to do with their lives. Um, and so that sort of thing still resonates, I think, and that's what people have really enjoyed about it. And I just love the wit that she has. Like, you know, as I say, it's nice to go through and steal all her dialogue because she's just got wonderful dialogue. It's so sparkling and some of it's really vicious and it's just really fun to use that. So I think, um, you know, sort of become more aware of that too. Like I, I loved watching all the um, 
you know, the BBC things. And I love the mm-hmm. Angley Sense and Sensibility film and stuff. But um, so I've, I think I've come to realise a lot more depth of the satire and, and things like that with her. And I just think it's a great source of material to work with. And also, she's got a lot of fans, which I didn't actually realise quite the fervour of the fans beforehand. So it's been lovely knowing when they're in the crowd. Because there's enough innuendo for someone who doesn't know anything about Jane Austen. They're like, Ew, I adore big balls. You hold balls magnificently well. You know, lots of jokes mm. like that for people that don't know. But if they do know, there's this extra layer of laughter that comes through that I really enjoy hearing. And it's, it's really like and a regular audience member wouldn't realise that you can actually tell. And you can, you can listen out for that and be quick, like... Audiences will give you different sounds every night, but there will be themes within the audience sound that you get that you kind of know where they're coming from. Exactly. Last night, I think there was a group in the crowd from the Jane Austen Association of Australia's Perth chapter um, because they, and they were all in a clump. And like, um, and I was like, I got a couple of rounds of applause, which I never, you know, because I was like, they must be the Jane Austen Society because they were laughing all the way through all those particular things. So it was quite funny, mm. and you know, and I really enjoyed that too. And they just, they just get so excited because the thing is, you got to be careful because there's a movie called Austen Land, and it just absolutely rips the piss out of Jane Austen fans, and it's really horrible about them. And it's like, what are you doing? These, these are the people that you should be doing this for because mm. they're the ones, you know, they hold her in massive affection. And I think some people come along, like I've had some reviews going, it's not without some trepidation that I attended this thinking she was going to you know, defile my icon, but um, it's a fond satire and reworking of it so that people recognise stuff that they like about her rather than mocking them, which seems mm. pointless to me. Because I, I, I read my first Austen about 18 months ago and did ah, which uh, one? Pride and Prejudice. Nope, well done, yes. And uh, I took a very long time to get into it. Right, okay. Because I, it, it's difficult. And, um, it, yep. Mm-hmm. The, the hardest thing is she doesn't tell you who's speaking, so I spent quite a lot of time working out who was talking because I'm used to the laziness right. of other novels where they say, so-and-so said this, then so-and-so said that he said, da-da-da-da-da. Right. And Jane doesn't do that. She just goes on dialogue. And like she yeah. knows who's talking, and then I get confused. Um <laughs> <laughs> I must say, I often have found that the adaptations I've really enjoyed, because sometimes I do, I I find there's a lot of exposition, a lot of description of things, whereas obviously in the the movies and and things, they just show that in one sweeping vista. Mm. Um, So some absolute pure Janeites may think I'm just horrendous for this, but I've often, um, and and it's because the dialogue is so good that those shows just leap off the screen, you know, like Mm. it's just, it's so evocative, you know, and um, and it has been quite interesting that a lot of people have come like a lot of the Janeites have come through the television adaptations like a lot of people will base 1995's Colin Firth's moment in the in the <laughs> pool or whatever you know in the pond as as a moment where they didn't they became to know of, of Jane Austen and and it's been really interesting there was like this great I've watched so many documentaries about it now um and there was one about the rise of Jane like not long after she just sort of almost disappeared because she was only 42 when she died mm. and she only did the six novels so you know like it wasn't she wasn't as prolific, and then afterwards she sort of sunk almost into obscurity, and then she started to come back up again. Apparently, like in World War One, people really liked reading her in the trenches because it was as far removed as the horror that they were mm. facing, you know, every day as possible. And then, you know, and then it sort of kept going with a boil, and then with the advent of the, the movies and the television shows, it had just taken off, like in the last 20 years particularly. Like the, I think the first movie is a Laurence Olivier one, which is hilarious. It sort of makes them look like they're all gone with the wind. Um, their outfits are a little 
you know, they're a bit more Victorian than, than Regency. And um, but then, you know, then from there, the, the television stuff has brought people to it. And then people go back and read Pride and Prejudice, but they're actually thinking of Colin Firth, which mm. is really interesting to think that you're starting to read literature through the prism of a BBC, you know, television show. And actually, some people said after they saw my show, they, they went back and read. Pride and Prejudice and the thought of my characters, which is pretty awesome, actually. I think that's kind of amazing. So I think there's different ways to enjoy Jane, even if you're not, you know, if you, if you find it more difficult to read. I think her story arcs, her characters, and the dialogue, thankfully, can live on in other other ways, you know. But obviously the, the diehards will think that's an appalling thing. You should just be reading them all. But I think the stories still resonate and the characters are just wonderful. Yeah, that's where I was going to get to. I... You know, so I can I was, talk at length about it. <laughs> no, 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 it's glorious. I love it. Um, no, there was a, there's a point in Pride and Prejudice, and I I think it was Elizabeth, but it could have been Jane, the other one. Mm-hmm. I could be saying all these names wrong, too. And That's, yeah, no, her sister, yeah. Mm-hmm. The mother, there was a meeting mm-hmm. in the garden between, and it was towards the end of the book, and it's just, I think it was either the point where she says, I, I love Darcy, or butt out or something like that and it's just full on beautiful witty dialogue do you do you kind of know the bit that i'm talking about this is going to sound terrible but no i'm afraid i don't um <laughs> i haven't read the book for a while um, I, I always just try and translate it into the um just uh, you know the ones that i've seen is, it, is this the garden where she's at his house or is this later than that it's... you know what i mean like there's a moment when she goes to his house and sees him that's the pond moment um, which is quite lovely. But if she's talking to her sister and her mother, is this when she's confessing to Jane that she does actually love him after all? And she was like, you nigh on swore that you were, you know, not, not long ago that he was the worst thing ever in the world. And she's like, yes, but now I actually love him. Is that moment that I'm aware of, but I can't remember all the witticisms particularly. I think it was in there somewhere. Right, okay. Uh, so I did something, I did the horrible thing and ended up reading it. Via ebook. I'm oh, just right. trying to load. <laughs> Where it is in the book? Yes. Oh yeah, it's a. She went into the forest with Lady Catherine. Oh, Lady Catherine. Yes, Lady no, Catherine that, that, is Miss it. Bennett, and and she's like, you, you. How could he possibly have ever fallen in love with me when you swear that I'm just the terrible, most terrible thing ever? You know that sort of thing. Yes. An obstinate, headstrong girl. Oh yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's I have that line in my. Some, I like it when people turn up to my show. Um, we're uh, a in costume. You'll get a free fridge magnet if you come in costume. When we were there last time, I think we've got an Adelaide Victorian Society, and a whole lot of people came in costume one night, which was awesome. <laughs> but um, two people have come wearing t-shirts that have quotes of Jane Austen that are actually in the show, which is like obviously a headstrong girl, then one and. Um, the person, be they gentleman or lady, who has not pleasure in a good novel must be intolerably stupid, which is from Northanger Abbey. Um, so it's been nice when somebody came with obstinate headstrong girl and she said she was, oh my God, I was so happy when she said that. Um, <laughs> and through, through your art and allurement may in a moment of weakness or something to that effect have um, got inveigled your way into his heart. But there's just this, you know, my lady, um, Drusilla Wrexham character is, basically Lady Catherine de Bourgh. So, um, mm. yes, uh, it's, 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 there's some wonderful lines that she comes out. And, and the parrying between them, definitely, the way that Elizabeth Bennett cuts her down you know, and stuff is, is nice. Because there's a bit here that's kind of at the start of it, and, like, let's just read the book. Um, 
is from Catherine first. Miss Bennett, do you do you know who I am? I have not been accustomed to such language as this. I am almost the nearest relation he has in the world and am entitled to know all his dearest concerns. And Elizabeth comes back with, but you are not entitled to know mine, nor will such behaviour as this ever induce me to be explicit. Catherine, mm -hmm. let me be rightly understood. This match to which you have the presumption to aspire can never take place. No, never. Mr Darcy is engaged to my daughter. Now what have you to say? And then Elizabeth comes back with this. Only this, that if he is so, you can have no reason to suppose he will make an offer to me. And thereby Catherine, Lady Catherine's reasoning for coming into the forest is completely blown out of yeah. the water. It's beautifully done. And it's kind of... Yeah, and it kind of it sows the seeds in Elizabeth's mind that maybe um, he has, you know, because she sort of realised that she's he's a lot nicer than she thought and that maybe mm. there is still some hope with him, you know, because of this sort of interchange, which is quite nice as well, that by doing that outburst, she actually seals her daughter and her own fate uh, by being such a meddlesome cow, basically. Yes. I love playing that part too. It's really fun. Names for talks that yes and seals, you know. Um, <laughs> the snow trees, because the main character is Elsa's snow tree, a pretty wife with no money is as useful as a beautiful chamber pot with a hole in its undercarriage. <laughs> and all that sort of stuff is what she's like. So, you know, she's just totally lemon lipped tower old cow, which is really fun to play. And, you know, just, you know, that's, that's where I found it. it as I say, it took, it took me a while to find it, but when I found like, that moment, <laughs> I was like, oh, that's why it's really good. That's why people love Jane Austen. Yeah, completely. Yeah. Because, yeah, as I say, the dialogue, the, the wit, the, 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 you know, like, Everyone's like, oh, it's all about happy ever afters. Yes, it's all about happy after after, but they also all marry for money as well. Oh, yes. So, you know, yeah, it's not just about love, but, it, you know, and it sort of purports to be about, and it is about, you know, they always marry for love, but they always marry for money. You know, happiness and marriage is entirely a matter of chance. Um, it, single women often, oh, it's funny, sometimes I find it really hard to drop into my show halfway through. Uh, <laughs> single women often, you know, live in poverty and, and lines like this. So, yes, it certainly has both of those things in there. And it's just, yeah, there's so much glorious, and I'm sure you've found all of the best moments to play with in the show. I have certainly I've found as many that I really enjoy. And also, and I've enjoyed bringing a feminist spin to it as well. I have lines such as, because um, there's one character who writes in the paper and she gets paid half of what... Um, and a man gets paid, um, sort of. You know, I won't give away the details, but then she's like, what, why should a woman be paid less for the exact same endeavour? God, this regency period is so vexing. <laughs> well, that will have changed in 200 years. You know, and some lines like that, which I've sort of enjoyed going, well, clearly we've come a long way where we can go out without a chaperone, but we still have a ways to go yet. Mm. And that's mm. astonishing in and of itself. Yes, in and of itself, indeed. All right, Penny, I, you are going to have a... A hoot, as is everyone that comes along to the show. Uh, Promise and Promiscuity, a new musical by Jane Austen and Penny Ashton, is playing mm -hmm. the Arch at Holden Street Theatres right throughout the Fringe from 13th of Feb to the 8th of March. Tickets on sale through Fringe. Ticks and more details at uh, adelaidefringe.com.au and linkadelaide.com.au. Uh, Penny, it's been quite and lovely we'll... having a chat to you and putting the plum in my mouth. Thank you so much. Uh, Thank you. And I can add that I have a decidedly non-regency website, um, which is hotpink.co.nz, and people can find more information there. And on my other shows, which are slightly less, um, more risque, shall we say, to impress yourself for that. But this show is, is PG-13, is how I'm sort of pitching it. Mm. Okay. Well, thank you for that. And, no worries. Uh, I thank shall you. post some stuff online for you shortly. Thank you.
fabulous. Thank you very much. That All was right. fun. For more, visit linkadelaide.com.au. Check us out at facebook.com forward slash linkadelaide or tweet us at linkadelaide.